there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 38. I sat down with Sarah Clark of Fab Fertile. When Sarah was 28, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure. And at the time, she just accepted the diagnosis and had both her children through IVF. And it was years later when she realized that the root cause of her infertility was actually a food sensitivity and a gut infection. Sarah is a certified life coach and also a health coach, which gives her a really unique perspective on coaching couples through infertility. She's the author of a book called Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, and her fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, and it supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that really dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and a baby. It was so great to have Sarah on the podcast. She is a wealth of knowledge and she shares a lot of it with us today. So have a listen. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. We actually did, um, I interviewed on your podcast not too long ago, so it's really nice to reconnect so quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, so shall we dive in? Sure. Let's talk about your story first. Um, you have kind of a unique story and I wanted to hear a little bit about it. You haven't had a loss from what I recall from our conversation, um, but you did struggle with fertility and for my listeners, the two often go hand in hand. So talk to me a little about your story. Yeah. So, um, in my early twenties, I remember having like a regular cycle. So I had my cycle like a couple times a year. I thought that was a good thing. Obviously not. There was a, you know, clear indication something was <laughs> off. Um, I had a weird, um, fungal rash in my chest. I had acne when in my teens, I had, you know, great skin. And all of a sudden in my early twenties started getting acne and then also had, um, some yeast infections. So first line of defense told, you know, I went to see my OBGYN or actually at that time it was my GP and was put on birth control. So I put on birth control, um, obviously the cycle is regulated, but you know, policy regulated, um, the acne got a little better, but I wouldn't really say it really improved. Um, and then I'm like a big planner. So I wanted to, I had a plan to get married at 25. So I got married at 25. Um, and then wanted to have our kids at 28. So at 28, but before I was 28, I thought better come off the pill, just check sure everything was fine. So it came off, the cycles were still irregular. 
And um, so I wanted to get some testing. And that's when I saw my OBGYN and I was told they had premature ovarian failure as it was called, or now it's called premature ovarian insufficiency, which is the loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And told the only way I'd ever have children is by using donor eggs. And I remember her like grab, reaching up on her shelf and grabbing the IVF brochure and sending me off to IVF. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? It was like yeah. completely like shocked. And, um, and I, I didn't take any time to grieve. I didn't, I went like straight into action. I didn't even get a second opinion. I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. Let's get on a list for a donor egg. And so um, we got on a list for a donor egg and uh, like the donor came, like the donor profile came in the mail at that stage. So I was like waiting to find the mailbox for the donor profile to come. So this is way back in the day. Um, and so we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. So she's 19 now. So it's many, many years ago. And um, when I said donor egg, people are like, I don't even know what that is. Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Um, and then we had two embryos left, left over. So one of the kids close together. So at the year mark went, went back in and my husband's like, Sarah, you seem a little stressed. I'm like, I'm fine. Um, went, went back in. So those didn't work. Then went on another list for a separate donor and we're lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our son. So he's 16. So, um, and then after I had my daughter, it was like my health took a nosedive where I remember having like nine colds in one year, every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was like a great idea to take um, antibiotics for every science infection, which not completely destroyed my gut health. I had, um, what else? I had bladder infections. So chronic bladder infections took antibiotics for all the, bla- the for all the bladder infections and then became allergic to the, to the antibiotics had um, I had seasonal allergies at that time. I had toenail infections. I had dandruff. I had, I had um, vertigo. I had, um, that the yeast infections became chronic, but the time actually is interesting because if I would have put on a, on a, on a form saying, how's my health, I still would have said it was excellent. But obviously I'm like, I was getting every cold and flu, you know, that was coming by me and my immune system was just, you know, tanked. And so um, at the time I was in HR and I wanted to bring coaching into the, to the corporate environment. So I took a life coaching course and that's when I discovered I had this love of um, health and wellness took a health coaching course. And that's where I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me, when I took out dairy and gluten, later corn, all of a sudden the bladder infections started to get better. The yeast infections, the science infections didn't go into, a, you know, the cold didn't go into, I didn't get as many colds, didn't go into a, a science infection. And then a couple of years after that, I did some gut testing, identified some gut infections and then really the whole underlying issue for all of this was actually chronic stress. And I actually would have said I wasn't stressed when I was going through this, which looking back, of course I was stressed. I just received a devastating diagnosis that I would only have my children through donor eggs and then just kept going. And not to say that the fertility side of things was all the part of my health, but like the chronic stress of just, you know, dealing with, with, um, you know, working and juggling all these things. So um, but I didn't discover all that till I was 40, I was fully in menopause. And then um, really supporting now, um, my mission is support couples with low AMH, high FSH, diminished ovarian reserve, premature ovarian insufficiency, get pregnant naturally, or if they do need to go to the clinic getting getting pregnant with uh, their own eggs. So lots to do from a functional standpoint to help. That's amazing. There are so many things I want to ask you about, <laughs> about what you just said. And the first thing I want to say, though, is 
it's funny how similar our paths are. Um, first of all, I didn't know that you also worked in HR, which did I tell yeah. you that that's what yeah, I remember saying in HR. Yeah. Yeah. And then also discovered this passion for wellness and got my nutrition diploma. And um, so a little bit of a different, different avenue than you, but still ended up kind of in the same space and using nutrition mindset shifts, kind of similar business. So it's, it's funny that that's similar, but also um, on the health side, I don't think I had as severe as of issues as you did or as many, but it amazes me how similar they are. And it just, it goes to show you that there's, there's a group of symptoms that we, you know, they're seemingly unrelated, mm-hmm. you know, toenail fungus and, um, sinus infections. Like you never put those together, but it all kind of leads back to gut health, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And your immune, which also impacts your immune system. I had the same issues. I was getting colds all the time. I had food sensitivities that impacted my digestive system and impacted my seasonal allergies. There's all, they're all related. And we just don't put those things together until you really start to dig in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We myopically focus on the diagnosis and forgetting about all the other health issues. And then, you know, the, the, the big business of, of IVF and IUI and pushing forward with, with medication and drugs when, wait a minute, the body's saying something's going on here. Um, let's address that first. Yeah. hundred percent. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about was the, you mentioned that you didn't stop to grieve. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I want to be clear for those people who are listening, who haven't had a loss there's so much grief involved in the fertility journey as well that I, can you comment on that? And just the, that whole, the fact that you didn't stop to grieve, but yet you're obviously now aware that there was grief there. Quick interruption here to talk about creating your best year. We are just over six weeks into 2024. And if you haven't seen any improvement towards getting to your best year ever, even without kids, then you need to download my free guide on how to create it. You will discover what might be standing in the way of your best life. I've got three mistakes in there that you might be making that are keeping you stuck in grief and how you can really tap into what you truly desire in your life. You can get that free guide by going to sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. I will link that up in the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to worry about the spelling, but it's sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. It's a free guide. It's going to help you to create your best 2024, a year full of purpose and meaning and joy. So go grab that now and let's get back to the episode now. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I, I had to, and because of like the planning in me, I was like, I knew it would work. I didn't know how it would work. I was just, I was open to whatever's going to happen. was it surrogate adoption, you know, whatever, how it was going to happen. And like, I work with a lot of couples that have, that have this diagnosis and they, for whatever reason, they, some of them just may decide to go right to donor eggs. And so there's a lot of grief, even in that decision, because I don't think anyone thinks they're going to have their children with someone else's eggs. So the genetic piece of that, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, a lot of questions around that, but I think that there's, yeah, there's a lot of grief in, in this, right? And I, and I'm, I just like push forward, you know, said I was fine. And then it, you know, manifested in my health and I just kept going and didn't take time to slow down. I just have natural, like a lot of energy and I'm not like, I'm not one, I'm not a, I think I only cried, like, this is not a good thing, but I only cried like once during that whole time when I said to my husband, I'm like, I want to get a dog. And he's like, I don't want a dog. And I'm like, I want to get a dog. Um, <laughs> and that's why I like kind of had a kind of a I remember, like lying like, on the bed, just like sobbing, like, I want the dog. And he's like, okay, we'll get the dog. Um, and that's your grief I, coming out, right? Like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So my, mine came, mine comes out like with anger. I'm like, it, it's like, I will just like, not like yelling, but it's more, I just like attack something like very, um, it comes out in anger. So instead of, instead of, but a lot of people I work with, like it comes out with crying, crying is a release, like to get, get rid of it. It's not like a weakness. It's powerful to do that. So that's not my, it still isn't my, my go-to. I don't even, I remember even giving birth to my daughter and I, it was like 18 hours of pushing and and she's, and then they had to go to a C-section and I'm like, and she's like, you can cry now. I'm like, I can. Oh, okay. Like I didn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even in me to think that I could. So, um, that's how I'm wired. Other mm-hmm. people are wired differently. I'm much, I'm similar to you. I didn't cry even when I had my first miscarriage, mm-hmm. my, my grief came out in other ways, frustration, yeah. envy, anger, um, all kinds of other outlets. So I think I'm more like, it comes out. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And this stress was the other thing that I want to be clear how important that is and how much of an effect it has on your health. You know, your emotional health has such a huge effect on your physical health. And I didn't put that together at first either. And I also didn't think I was stressed. I I remember my naturopath, the first time I ever went to a naturopath who started to identify all of these issues. And she said to me, how do you, how much stress do you think you're having? And I had at the time I'd had my first miscarriage. I had, we had, I, my, I was restructured the same week in my job. We were moving cities and getting married all in that year. So four of like five major life stressors. And she said, how, what do you think you are on like on a scale of one to 10? I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe a five. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, um, maybe an 11. And I just, when you're in it, you don't realize it. And it just, it has such a huge impact on your physical health and your preparation for pregnancy that we, we don't tend to factor in. Yeah. Now I, I like at the time I, I had TMJ to the point, like in my early twenties when I was trying to like eat a fry, I couldn't even open up my mouth because my jaw was so freaking tense. <laughs> mm. like, oh, that's not stressed out. I remember the, 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 the dentist saying, you better relax your jaw. Otherwise we're going to give, you know, give you a mouth guard. So I remember trying to walk around my mouth open, but yeah, like, so like mm-hmm. contracted and tense. And I wouldn't even have said I was anxious, but so yeah, just, just, um, just a lot of, yeah, tension. And so now I like weave in these times for meditation and for to slow down and to not look at things and to like, take a break and set boundaries and do things I like. And because I could keep going, 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 but that doesn't serve anyone. Yeah, it's true. 
I want to talk a little bit more about how you, you got to your business from, from where you were at. So you started life coaching and, mm-hmm. and did that course. And then was it that, that sort of led to the mindfulness and meditation and, and the yeah, kind of that's what's on the health coaching. coaching. So, that it, so for me, it, like I started everything with, with diet. So I made the dietary changes. I'm like, are you kidding me? No one knows this. What? Mm-hmm. So I went on my soapbox for a little while and then stop that and started a podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, like for me, it was with the diet piece. And that's what really kind of found this whole health and wellness side of things. And then I found the functional testing piece. So with, with food sensitivity testing and hormone testing and stool testing and hair tissue, mineral analysis, all that. And um, so taking this very lot, cause I have this kind of a logical, like let's plan things out a little bit. Um, so I like the, that testing piece and the clients I work with are like type a busy professionals. They like, like the testing. So then I discovered the testing myself and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Wanda wanted to um, incorporate the testing into what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I actually, when I first did the health coaching thing, I was going to write a book on weight loss and I'd never even struggle with weight. I'm like six foot tall. Like I'm just naturally like how my body is I'm thin, I guess. And, um, and I don't know why I was going to write a book on weight loss, but that's what I started to do. And then I'm like, Sarah, your, your thing is fertility. Like I had re I had framed it in my mind that I don't know. I had just framed it that it wasn't an issue for me. So I was lucky enough. It worked you know, and so obviously this is like a huge thing to, to, you know, to go through and other people, you know, other couples struggling with it. Um, so wrote the book on fertility and then kind of really started my business that way. I kind of did it backwards, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And What's so the then, book called? Tell us a bit more uh, about the book. Yeah. Fabulously fertile. So it's on Amazon and, um, yeah, it's basically all the stuff that I talk about in my program, like looking at diet, sleep, um, exercise, like a lot of the basics supplements, there's a little, there's a little meal plan in there, but it's really, um, it's got each, each diagnosis, the kind of things, things to do some, some basic steps, but it's where, where you start on a kind of on a functional path. Um, because sometimes people are not sure where, where, uh, where to go. And then, um, yeah, then we just, then the program just kind of organically kind of came, it came about. And now it's like, it's a, like a six month couples coaching program and includes those tests. And then it's got fertility coaching and, uh, nutrition practitioner in there. And then I've got other, um, other people that are in the program as well with like exercise coach. And I have like distance Reiki, cause we really believe in a mind body spirit approach. Um, so we do the testing, develop the supplement protocol, work on the bio, the, you know, the biochemistry to get that right. But then we also have to work on the mindset and the hope piece. A lot of times dealing with like very devastating diagnoses. Most people have tried for uh, at least two years to get pregnant naturally or, or have had at least one failed um, IUI or IVF. So people have been through quite a lot. And so the mind, body, spirit um, approach to it to help people through this, there's, you know, specific things people deal with when they're on the fertility journey that um, other people that may have not experienced it may, may not know like the, the triggers and things that, that, that impact people. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about the triggers a lot and it's, I think it's one of the biggest things is, getting past the triggers mm-hmm. or getting through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, I will link to the book and the show notes so that people know where to find that. So you've kind of answered this already, but I'm going to ask it again. What do you wish you, you knew then that you now know, or what do you know now that you wish you knew then? 
Yeah, I wish I knew way. about the, fun- the, the functional approach. Like, I, are you kidding me? I didn't know that like diet, I didn't need to take all these antibiotics. I didn't need to, you know, the whole dietary piece, lifestyle piece. I didn't know any of that stuff. And I grew up in a very healthy home. Like my, my parents have been vegans for like 35 years. Like that she was like back in the day, my mom would bring the string bag and, you know, get, get her groceries for 40 bucks. Cause it was just, it was all vegetables. And, you know, um, I thought she was a little nutty and now, you know, there's like, they're in their seventies and well, mid, mid seventies and eighties, pretty healthy compared to their, their, their peers. So I, I grew up really healthy and then I left and I was like, I'm not eating that healthy stuff. I'm going to eat stuff out of a can and I'm going to get all this junk that I wanted to eat my whole life. So then I went down and I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of happened. All this processed food. And um, then my health took a nosedive. So I think probably like it's, I think I've always had a food sensitivity thing going on with, with, with gluten my whole life. But I think it was, it was because I, I wasn't a sick kid or anything. It didn't, to me, it didn't happen until my early twenties when for me, it was fertility. That was the, the trigger. That was the yeah. catalyst. Yeah. So I wish I had known about, um, yeah, like a functional side of things that there's things we can do instead of like the pill for an ill and take all these different antibiotics. I was just like, give me the pill so I can get back to work and get going instead of like the body is trying to say, let's slow down. We don't need to keep going. Like it's interesting with what's going on now. I think now people won't even leave the house if they have a sniffle, like <laughs> you must be home to sleep. <laughs> You're not yeah. going to go out and we'd, we'd, we'd get mm-hmm. better faster instead of pushing ourselves and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, like to really listen to your body is the key. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I, I talk about a lot now, actually, is because I didn't know that either. I was on the pill for a long time and for what the doctor thought might be endometriosis, but never, never actually got a diagnosis on that. It's just put me on the pill because I had symptoms. And what we forget is that when we go see a doctor, they are a doctor of medicine. They're taught to prescribe medicine for symptoms. That's what they learn. And we don't question that because we sort of think they're doctors of everything, but they're not, they don't have the, the training in nutrition and dietary changes and lifestyle changes that we, we think they have. And it's just not included in their programs, at least not in Canada. So it's, you know, we never think to challenge that or to question or to try something different until you're left with no other option. And you're kind of like, okay, I have to do something mm-hmm. else. So I started my podcast, get pregnant naturally. Cause it's like, there's, you don't need to wait until it's no other option. It's like, do this stuff now. We don't need to, like, if you're struggling and then someone's, you know, a well-meaning physician has said, here we go. You've got it. You better hurry to get to IVF or an IUI. And well, you haven't addressed the underlying cause of why it hasn't worked or why in this case, like with miscarriage, if you've had miscarriage and then you're like, let's go for another try again. And without, or for an IVF without addressing why it didn't work is, um, you know, potentially exposing yourself to another, another loss. So it's like to, to get to the root cause of it. And, um, we, we like that route, that healing round table. I think it's from Dr. Oz where it's basically, you have your, your RE, your OBGYN, you have your fertility coach, nutrition practitioner, you have Cairo, you can have an acupuncturist, not all at once. Cause that's overwhelming, but um, you, you pick them as you see fit you're, you're in the center. Cause you, you know, your body best. And a lot of times we just go whoop right over to the RE and then we don't even look at the other stuff. We, and then also we forget about ourselves. We just listen to the person, in the white coat, who's told you, told us something. And I'm like, but we're like, Oh, it might be this. And we're just dismissed. Mm-hmm. And so it is important to like, listen to yourself, be your own advocate. And, um, if it's something that feels a little bit off, like to trust yourself. 
Yes, absolutely. We have so much intuition within ourselves. Our bodies know we just Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. to listen to them. Can you talk a little bit about some of the foods that you would recommend to someone who's recovering from a miscarriage? Yeah, like, and this is it's so it's like for for miscarriage, like we like it it is to um you have to figure out how like I guess long after that you want to start trying again. Typically, it's like at least you know two or three cycles. Um, and so like we we like anti-inflammatory foods, so to keep out like the top allergens, which are dairy and gluten. But you want to make sure you're getting you know enough protein to keep your blood sugar stable. We see a lot of people not having enough protein, healthy fats, um, and basically not eating processed foods. Like you want to be able to build a nourish your, nourish your body with, with, with healthy foods. So it is to like, we, we do, um, like elimination diets to then, uh, customize to see which takes out the, the, the top allergens. And then we're, we're tweaking it with food sensitivity testing. So to me, to kind of figure out that right diet for you, sometimes we're on these and it's not about you drinking green juice all day long. It's you, you're basically eating like heaps of heaps of fruit and, and um, not necessarily tons of fruit, but like vegetables, fat, um, protein, like wild, uh, wild caught fish, grass fed meat. Sometimes people think it's, this is vegan. It's not a vegan plan. It's, it's eating organic, you know, dense foods, yeah. which you know, you just end up feeling like awesome on. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if other, if my listeners feel this way as well, but I I've heard other people say it and I've, I've heard it from some of my clients that after you've had a miscarriage, there's this tendency to think, okay, I can just eat whatever I want again. I'm not trying to support a baby so I can start drinking again and I can start eating whatever I want. And I had that mentality. I was suddenly like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Now I'm not, you know, it was kind of, I kind of had that anger, right. Um, an anger at my body. And, and so everything just kind of went off the rails and what I really needed, if I had listened to my body, I would have realized that my body was craving those nourishing foods, like lots of fruits and vegetables and, you know, good quality protein and, um, that's what it really needed, but I, I didn't really yeah, like listen. drinking lots of water that's filtered and, um, like having some warm beverages that you like. A lot of this is, it is just to play the game of making healthy food, like fun and satiating. And, and it's not about deprivation, but if you want to have, you know, if you decide, if you found out that you're intolerant to gluten, you can, you can do a gluten-free cake or something like that. Um, obviously knowing that that like, is this not about deprivation? I have a, I have a, like a vegan gluten-free bakery that I, that I go to, you know, once in a while and get a cookie or a cupcake or things like that. And they have ice cream there and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's like coconut ice cream. So, um, you know, I have my, my whole organic chip situation that gets at hand. So it's like, not about, <laughs> it's not about like, ch- you know, chomping down on celery all day long. And if you want to like, after, if you want to have a drink, like, to me, obviously during fertility and miscarriage, we don't recommend alcohol. It's really, you know, can be harmful for the gut and, and for your, your health. Um, but there's cleaner types of alcohol. You can do like, a, um, you can do a tequila, it can be cleaner. You can do a potato vodka. Um, wine might be, if you have, there's histamine stuff of that. So people may have reactions with wine. Um, but some of those other, it's harder alcohols, which seems kind of silly. Like I, when I was, 
young, I just drank beer all the time. I'm like, God, I had a horrible gluten allergy. No wonder I was, my health went, I literally was out of university. God, I drank like a maniac. So, <laughs> and all like Molson export, like, oh my God, I don't know what I was doing. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it is, it's not about you like being, you know, suffering. So there's mocktails, there's all sorts of like really like fun things you can do with this. Um, it's just to see, and sometimes it is just to say, okay, what if I really want that thing? Well, I will sit down and you like get a nice plate and sit and like, or a little bowl and like really focus on enjoying it instead of just like stuffing it down. Cause we're upset or sad or whatever it may be. So if you're going to have it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to that bakery and I get the freaking massive cake and I'm going to have the piece and I'm going to enjoy it. And this is great. Um, yeah. So there's guilt free, right? Yeah, exactly. No guilt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. What about the, from the coaching side or the, the more lifestyle side, what are your top tips? Some things that would changes that have really worked for you or for your clients? Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So we like for, for miscarriage, it's to like, we see themes of like thyroid imbalance. We're not diagnosing or anything, but we're looking doing a blood chemistry review. We see a lot of times that full thyroid panels have not been looked at with antibodies um, so we see thyroid imbalance, either it's hypothyroidism, subclinical thyroid issues or Hashimoto's. So we see that like people just looking at TSH being told it's normal, but not like missing the, the boat on that one. I'd say that's like a, a huge to, to get the full panel blood sugar imbalance. We see that all the time with, you know, I had that where the, like, like mood swings, like irritability, like crazy. Um, cause my blood sugar was crashing um, like sugar cravings. Like I had to have dessert, like don't even mess with me if I didn't have my little cookie cake, whatever the heck it was. And now I still have those, but it's just not like, it's not this, you know, sugar craving where I like have to hunt the house down. Um, and then that hangry thing where I'd be like out and I'd be like with my husband saying, stop the car right now. I'm going to eat or I'm either going to throw up or kill you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so those sugar cravings, we see it all the time in both men and female and, and women for, for fertility. So being able to, you know, stabilize your blood sugar is key. We see gut infections with like couples passing infections back and forth, like H. pylori being passed back and forth. It's transferred by saliva so that it lowers your, your, um, your stomach acid, which then, you know, you can eat the nutrient dense diet, but you're not absorbing the foods. We see people with like multiple parasites, bacteria, like fungal infections. And sometimes we go on this anti-candida thing, but we will look at the, look at the fungal afterwards. You've got to look at the, you know, the bacteria and the fungus or the bacteria and the parasite or another infections. There's like a whole hierarchy of how you, how you address them. Um, Yeah. Like progesterone issues, obviously, but then we look at the Dutch test to see, you know, where are your hormones, which pathways are there? Are they going down? you know, sleep, sleep issues too, which can, which then throw your blood sugar off the, you know, the entire next day, we see people with interrupted sleep, you know, waking up at between two to four, um, having a hard time falling asleep, feeling exhausted. We see undiagnosed autoimmune disease, like we don't diagnose this, but we'll see if there's something is off on that. Um, then sending, you know, referring to the, to the physician, people with uh, MTHFR. So then they're, what's they, that one? So that's the, the gene gene variant. So if they're um, making sure you want to make sure you don't have folic acid, if that's a synthetic form of folate, you want to oh, make sure right. mm-hmm. the meth, methylfolate. So um, always make sure that's the prenatal, like we like seeking health or thorn. So it's got to be a meth, methylated fol, folate. 
mm-hmm. um, which is key. Um, if, if your brand says folic acid, that is not a good brand. So <laughs> make sure your brand is yes. methyl folate. That was what um, I changed actually yeah. after my first yeah. miscarriage to switch um, to methylated folate. Yeah. And we see, you know, people with the steps, like, so having a propensity for that. And then like their, their detox pathways. Um, yeah. Some of the, those are some of the main things with, with miscarriage, but like the main, one of the main ones is thyroid. I think it's just like so often missed that you're like, Oh, your TSH is fine. Like they said that mine was fine and it was, you know, mine was 3.8 and for, you know, I think for in the, in with your RE, they may know that it needs to be below two or 1.5, but then no one's looking at the full panel. No one's looking at antibodies. Um, is there liver issues? Is there gut health? You know, and another thing was food sensitivities. So it goes hand in hand with, with thyroid issues is typically if there's a thyroid issue, there's a, a gluten sensitivity. And so um, we see people, you know, that have experienced miscarriage and even a simple thing, you know, it's simple, but not easy. Uh, taking out gluten can then have them carry a baby to term. Not, you know, not always, obviously there's, it's a complex thing, but we recommend like both partners for 60 to 90 days, taking out at a minimum dairy and gluten. Mm-hmm. And then if not pregnant and then dig into testing to take out those inflammatory foods. Awesome. That was a lot of information. <laughs> There's so much to it, I guess. And everybody's different in, in what pops up for them. Last question for you. What advice would you have for someone who's had a loss and wants to shift her mindset towards a successful pregnancy? So that here I'm trying to get at, it's, it's scary to get pregnant again after you've had a loss and there's a lot of worry and anxiety that, that comes with another pregnancy. So how could someone shift her mindset towards a successful pregnancy and, and drop some of that worry and anxiety? I do believe with the biochemical side of things, because you start to feel better then you can actually see it. In, in your own, your own body, that, and then that becomes empowering. You start to feel strong. So the, like addressing that stuff is key. That's why we, we do the, you know, the, the body side of it and then the, the mind and spirit. Um, and in our program, we include either distance Reiki and she's a, she's a clairvoyant. So people like spirit babies to be able to know like the spirit of your child is there and you can learn how to, you know, tap into your intuition and speak with your, you know, your the, the spirit baby and with the messages that are coming through and signs and um, like really being open to that. And if that doesn't resonate with people, then we also have like a Christian faith-based couple session. So it's like, you can really dig, dig into like scripture and, you know, Bible verses to be able to help deepen your faith with, with this. Or sometimes with this, you may feel that hope is gone or you feel broken or that, you know, you're being punished or, or, you know, you're, you're alone or something. So that spiritual piece is kind of where you can lean into whatever kind of feels right for you. And then that can help like, as you start to heal your body with, with the other, other things, you can then start to get that renewed sense of hope and being able to visualize it working. Sometimes we can't even visualize it, right. That we're, it's like, we can maybe visualize a toddler, but we can't visualize our pregnant belly can't visualize holding a baby. So, cause there's like a little disconnect there. So and if that can be feel, you know, too painful, sometimes, you know, with the affirmations, you know, I am a mother or that some of those things can be too, like too painful. So it is like, I, I like those spirit, those other kind of, um, cause I know for me, the exploring the whole spiritual side of things and digging to that has been very impactful for me 
because I'm like, like, go, go, go. And I'm like, as I force myself to sit down and meditate and slow down and I'm looking at like auras and I'm like doing this like really cool, like cool stuff with uh, cutting cords and uh, manifesting and all this kind of stuff, like we're working on these things. That's kind of where there's a certain lightness that you end up feeling instead of this panic as we charge along. I remember someone years ago saying, oh yeah, I envisioned the sperm coming on, coming towards the egg with their, their little helmet on and they're just going to war. And I'm like, well, geez, what a crazy, yeah. Why are we like, so like in the masculine, right? How do we into that feminine, yes. like that receiving that intuition, you know, men and women both have it, but we're stuck over here in the masculine achieving, going, planning. So it's the warrior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The warrior piece. I know. So how do we into the receiving and she's like a goddess and she's, fertile and like that kind of stuff, which, you know, could take a little bit to just, 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 you know, depending on where you are, sometimes you're like, oh, that doesn't resonate. So you got to feel with, do what feels right for you. Yeah. I love what you said earlier about uh, really, I mean, that what it comes down to the fear comes from a lack of trust for your body. And if you heal your body and you start to see those results and you feel better, it is empowering. And I think that would have a huge impact on, on your trust that your next pregnancy will be a healthy one. Yeah. Cause you see, Oh, you're like, Oh wait, my cycle is now lengthened. Oh wait. It's not like the, it's bright blood. Like it's bright red. Like the, things have started to change. Or like I can see it in myself, myself, my energy, yeah. my sleep is better. I'm not yelling at my husband, like all these things. And, and it, it kind of, it happens quite quickly. Like in yeah. the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And the bringing in of the, the spirituality, that's a huge part. I mean, that's the probably 70% of my practice is more on the spiritual side. And there's huge strides that can be made by kind of diving into that a little bit too. Yeah. The parasympathetic, how do we get there? And sort of like, we're all up shoulders to the ears doing, you know, sympathetic, like fight or flight. And, yeah. Yeah. It's all related, right? It's your spirituality is related to your, your emotions and your stress and which is then related to your body and it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah, where can people find you? So website, Instagram handle. Yeah. Well, they can find me on get pregnant naturally. So it's on iTunes or Spotify. Um, my Instagram got hacked. So it's like a little baby, it's a little small Instagram. Um, so it's fab fertile. Inc. Uh. Um, so I'll start again and, um, then you can check out the fertility diet freebie. So they go to fertility diet freebie.com. And then there's a, a five day, um, fertility diet challenge. So it's all free of, um, inflammatory foods uh, developed by, um, a chef. Uh, we just actually launched the, the live version back in April, 2021. And so it's all like awesome foods. Like you'll just eat like, like afterwards I was like, geez, I ate so much food and then ended up like losing a bit of weight too. And I'm like, felt like so good. And it was cause you know, you get in that rut, that deep rut of eat, making the same stuff over and over again. Yes. So this was just really cool to get yourself into that eating healthy and feeling good. And uh, yeah. So the fertility diet freebie. I think I might try that myself. I'm, I'm due for a little change, not yeah. trying to get pregnant yeah. anymore, but <laughs> still want to yeah. be as healthy as I can. Right. Yeah, there's like an awesome pad tie in there, which I've been duplicating in different ways um, for the last few, uh, few weeks since I, I had it. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. So good. Awesome. I'm excited. 
Well, thank you so much. I'll put all those links in the show notes for my listeners. So you can just go to, I don't even know what episode this is going to be, um, but I'll send it out <laughs> and we'll put all those in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me on the show. It was really nice to, to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.